This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on this last session of the day here today. Um, I'm Sarah Kong. I'm Director of Brand Partnerships at Wonder Media Network. And oh, thank you. I have one fan. Um, and uh, I know everyone's ready to, to go and have some drinks at happy hour. So we'll try to make this fun and loose and enjoyable and informative for everybody. Um, so yeah, this session is about creating long-lasting podcast sponsorships. And I'm going to have Margot introduce herself, and we'll just kind of go down the line. Hi, everyone. I'm Margot. I am the Audio Partnerships Manager at Athletic Greens, a company known for pioneering the foundational nutrition movement through our product, AG1, where we support people on their journey to health ownership. I'm responsible for building long-term partnerships with our global set of audio creators and managing our growing podcast portfolio. I'm Jason Kander. I'm the co-host of Majority 54. Before that, I did a lot of other things. I'm currently a Little League coach in Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> I'm Ravi Gupta. I'm co-host of Majority 54. Before that, worked in democratic politics, how I know Jason, and run a media company called The Lost Debate. That was better. That was, that was responsive. That was good. So I'm sure there are folks in here um, well, there are not any folks in here who don't know what Majority 54 is, but just in case there's that one person and we won't out you, do you want to share what, what the show is about? Yeah, so Majority 54 is a podcast uh, from the left side of the political aisle that is designed to expand the majority and, and bring more people into the progressive majority, but doing it uh, by having like respectful... Uh, actual persuasive conversations with individual human beings and like originally the, the podcast was basically created because there were a lot of people who were like hey my aunt uh, has been watching Fox News and I can't seem to have a conversation with her anymore but I love my aunt and I would like to maintain this relationship and maybe convince my aunt of some things how do I do both and that's really what the show is it's, it's for people who are interested in maintaining those relationships but also bringing those people over uh, bit by bit to, uh, to our point of view. Thank you for that. Nothing to add. Feel free to rebut <laughs> exactly. or, or add. Um, okay, so the reason we're here today, is, and hopefully it's going to be, as I said, informative for everybody, but kind of threefold. So from a host or creator or talent perspective, you know, how do you keep ads fresh when you're reading them week in and week out and they're like, they're, you're just selling the same product. So we want to kind of be able to help the hosts out there. We also want to help brands and advertisers from that perspective. What are they looking for in terms of a successful partnership? What are the metrics of success? And also if we have any publishers out here, you know, wanting to be able to help navigate and facilitate conversations between sponsors and shows. So hopefully, um, and, you know, you can always find us afterwards if you have any questions but we will try to keep this fast and furious. Um, so, sorry about that. Uh, so it's, it's a funny, it's a fun place that we're playing in right now, this space of um, host-read ads. I know there's been a lot of discussions um, about that today and throughout the conference, 
but you know, Majority 54 isn't always on show. It's weekly. I mean, and you're really doing these AG1 or Athletic Greens ads almost on a weekly basis. So, I, you know, we also talked about the host endorsement aspect, but I would say that you two particularly kind of take it one step further and you're more like brand ambassadors and confess, use this time to confess your love for the product. So <laughs> Yeah, I, we used the product before we started having advertisements for it on our show. And I think that comes through in the advertisements. Obviously, those are always the most effective host read ads is when you really speak to the product in a really personal way. And I find that I talk about it a lot outside of the show. Like we have a fitness community that we're part of it, and that's actually part of the reason why we rebooted the show in the first place was through that community. The amount of conversations I have outside of the podcast about Athletic Greens AG1 is actually astonishing. The amount of people in my life, or even just people I meet who listen to the podcast, who want to talk about it, and yeah, that's what I think makes it like when I think about what does it make to be a successful partnership. It's that you're actually excited to talk about the product every week, and I think that certainly is true in this product. Yeah, I think that and continuing to use the product on a daily basis it means there's just all, we, ha we obviously have a, a very thorough working knowledge of the product. So we're able to, to talk about it in a way that doesn't sound like we're making stuff up, you know. And the same deal, like I have people in my life all the time who when they listen to the show, they're like, okay, but so Athletic Greens, like, it seems like you all really like, people are always on guard, you know, because they're like, they, they are aware that it is a sponsorship. And so they're like, is it for real? And so there's so many people in my life who like <laughs> drink Athletic Greens now. It's, you kind of can't get away from it if you know me, so. So this was an example in which I think when, when you came to Wonder Media Network, you said, we want Athletic Greens to sponsor the show. But I know every time that we get a potential sponsor uh, who wants to advertise on Majority 54, I personally ask you, you know, I vet the sponsor with you. So um, I know it's not necessarily always a, ho a host endorsed ad. Sometimes it's just like a host read ad. So on a scale of never to always, how important is it? Like what sense of responsibility do you have when working with a sponsor, knowing that your listeners are really engaged and listening to your advice? Yeah, I would say that it has to be something that we either use or will use because like we may learn about the product when they reach out to us and so we'll try it out. And I think we've actually, I could personally say there are tons of things now in my life that I've learned about because they reached out to us and we like them. And then there's a third category of ads that we'll read, which is it may not apply to us given our life circumstances. Like for instance, there was a, a, a company that was um, like a, a gum that people were chewing who were trying to get over smoking, but I have a lot of people in my life who have helped quit smoking, including my mother, So, and I think you had a personal story for that too, where we're able to say, all right, this is a product that it, I think it was even a nicotine-free product. It was like a product that we're, all right, we're able to st like, you know, stand behind this product and there are people in my life who I know I'm going to ask to use this product. Well, and then there's sometimes where you're like, what do you all think of this? And we're like, no. Yeah. You know, I mean, because, don't get me wrong, this is a for-profit venture, um, but for neither of us is it like our main gig. It's some, you know, it's gonna, not that like for our main gigs, we're just like anything goes yeah. uh, ethically. Um, in fact, it's the opposite of that in both cases, but, um, but you know, we're pretty discerning about it. It has to be something that we'd be proud to put our name next to. Um, 
I want to pause for a second and fully answer, because I don't think I did, your first question, which is like the love for the product thing. I say this on the show a lot, but when we do the ads, but like for me, it was really easy to get excited about Athletic Greens because uh, AG1 for me, like it actually, it's, I think it's even written in the copy sometimes, but it was true for me. Like it replaced all my, my multivi multivitamin regimen and that kind of thing. So it's fun to talk about. And honestly, uh, Ravi and I are, we are two guys with a lot of political experience who host a political podcast who are kind of just fitness bros at this point in our life. And frankly, it gives us an excuse to just talk about that on the air in the middle of the show, which I think helps because we're talking about the product, but we're also talking about like what's going on in our life, uh, which I think keeps people from hitting, let's go 30 seconds forward, you know? We're using that for the next week's ad, so thank you very much. For the what? For next week's ad. Yeah, there you go. So. <laughs> Um, okay, so Margot, being a brand representative here and knowing AG1 and Athletic Greens inside and out, tell me who your audience is, because honestly, it seems like Athletic Greens is everywhere. So who, what audience are you actually targeting? So as a foundational nutrition product, it is our objective to live in a world where all adults are doing something impossibly simple and incredibly powerful by starting off their day with AG1. So we can really kind of have fun with playing with so many different audiences and are always trying to find new ways to tap into reach and tap into fresh ears. Um, also, you know, just as Jason mentioned, while their show is largely about politics, this is, podcasting is about humans and there's so much more to them than that. And um, so many different ways that their life can intersect with the brands that they work with and you know what they talk about on their show has made um, you know our target audience and the way that we prospect for new shows really flexible. I know that Athletic Greens does a lot of advertising also just outside of the podcasting space. So can you just really briefly like kind of talk about how you're getting involved with like events or digital or why? Like what's the what's kind of the strategy there? Yeah, so we have a really strong and diverse media mix. While podcast is definitely you know, a revenue driver for the business, um, we are supported by a lot of other channels that do a great job of getting the word out about AG1. And it's really exciting because people, you know, they see a billboard or they see a TV commercial for AG1 and then they think about, oh, this is something I've heard two people that I spend an hour listening to every week to people that I really respect. This is something that they use every day. This is something that their families use. It really kind of helps the reinforcement. And then also, you know, we think about our role in supporting these other channels in our mix and people who Google majority 54 athletic greens and how our, you know, other teams can retarget, you know, that traffic and the way that we are, um, you know, contributing, bringing people to the website and, you know, hearing more about us. That's a good point. If you want um, a discount, you can go to athleticgreens.com slash majority. Um, this is the moment when it's acceptable to get out your phone. <laughs> but in like a minute, I'm going to be offended. But the next 60 seconds, athleticgreens.com slash majority. <laughs> Have I made this weird? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, so... As I mentioned, Athletic Greens advertises in a lot of different spaces and a lot of shows. I think you said you have hundreds of shows in which you advertise. So tell me a little bit about the discoverability. How are you finding these new shows? And 
how important it is for you to keep that inventory fresh? Like, how often are you looking to find new shows to advertise on? And also, out of all those, which is your favorite? <laughs> and then actually, while we're at it, what's AG2? Is there going to be an AG2? <laughs> or AG3? Um, so... One of the things that's really unique about the product is we take an iterative approach because we, we only sell one thing. Um, we have, um, you know, this formula that you're drinking has gone through 52 iterations, and we are constantly updating it according to the latest science, and um, as we learn more about the body, continuing to do research, and, you know, how can we find vitamins and ingredients that are more absorbable? So AG1 is really for, um, you know, one product, one solution. As you mentioned, you're, you know, the replacement value is really high, and you're able to replace many different supplements from your cabinet just with one. Um, our CEO likes to say that the um, AG1 is the single best thing you can do for your body in under one minute, which um, is one thing that I really love. So if we were going by that approach, we'd be on AG52. <laughs> um, but talking about discoverability and you know reaching new audiences, What's really kind of interesting, and one thing that our, our partnership with Majority 54 has proven out, is that we can be really content agnostic when it comes to testing. And while things like health and wellness and fitness are really obvious and, and logical um, content alignments, things like politics and news and comedy and sports and lifestyle can all be, um, we can all find success and longevity with when the critical component of host enthusiasm is met. And when there are creators that have made AG1 a non-negotiable when it comes to their daily routine, they get people excited about it, they know their audience and have a candid relationship with them. That's, you know, the secret sauce when it comes to, you know, having partnerships that can sustain the test of time. I mean, these are your golden, like, models right here. They yeah. all endorse it. I mean, this, by the way, this product is, just because they wanted it on stage. It's not something that we asked them to yeah, do. We were like, you're gonna bring some AG1, right? Well, I was traveling. I went west coast and then I'm coming back over. I forgot my travel pack, so this is good. I'm just staying here. Yeah. So Jason and Ravi, we mentioned that you do these, week, these ads almost week in and week out. Um, Tell me a little bit about the creative process to kind of help hosts out here who are running into a little bit of fatigue, because there's obviously listener fatigue, and that we see that more when, you're, when they're listening to ads that are, have not changed, right? Like they're the same ads week in and week out. It actually deters people. It makes them a little bit upset. But we know that you're doing live, fresh reads every week. Tell me about that creative process a little bit on your end. Go ahead. <laughs> I think about... You know, there was this documentary called The Aristocrats about this one joke that comedians keep telling. And, but it's like the same joke, but everybody has a different way of telling it. I think of Athletic Greens ad reads as the podcast version of that in the sense that I'll listen to Smartless or something and Will Arnett or somebody will tell, he'll have an AG1 ad and they're like obviously the greatest. Like they're the pros at reading an ad. So you'll be listening, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you'll be like, oh, okay. That's almost like a challenge. Mm -hmm. You're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta up my AG1 ad read game versus the people who just straight read the ads. So I think of just, ads were the hardest part, I think. We used to say this in the beginning. Like, I really found reading ads to be the hardest thing when we rebooted Majority yeah. 54. It was the most stress-inducing for reasons now that seem crazy, because I feel like they, they feel more easy now. easy now. But I think 
for me, the, it's more about the sheer amount of conversations I have on a weekly basis, whether it's the fitness group or people in my life. Usually that's where I get it from. It's like there's something that somebody says to me that week that just I, I tuck into the back of my brain and we bring it to the, the show. I think also we use it as a section of the show. To, so like when we first rebooted the podcast, we had this section at the top of the show that was just sort of us talking about like uh, our, what was going on in our personal lives. And then uh, the producers were like, yeah, people don't really care. Uh, they, they, you know, they were like, people don't, they, they tune in because they want you to talk about politics. And they're, so then it got moved to the end of the show, which we didn't really take the hint. We kept doing it. And now we have this, like, we just banter at the Smuggled top. Smuggled it into the top we, of the show yeah, somehow. We have. Like top billing of the show. We have. And the truth is, like, Ravi and I, we both follow politics. We're both engaged in politics and different in, in different points of our life in different ways, but in every point of our life in some way. And um, so we talk about that stuff. We like talking about it. But we're also friends, and we like to... Like, just before this, we went to get tacos and talked about not politics for an hour and a half, right? Like, so we like to be able to do that. So I think what we've kind of stumbled on is we the ads are kind of where we fit that stuff in. It's just sort of like, yeah. hey, here's something like going on in my life. Sports or something, yeah. Yes, what... Robbie plays tennis, I play baseball, like we'll talk about that, that's related to the product because obviously it's a, it's a fitness and health product. Um, so really it's become very natural for us and the bonus to that is to the extent that listeners are invested in, in the hosts, which they are to some extent, like it's why as a podcaster when people recognize you they stop you and they don't, they don't act as if they don't know you, they just, hey Jason, and you're instantly like, okay, this person knows me. What you don't realize is, no, you've been in their AirPods like every week for a year, so they feel like they've been on phone calls with you, so they feel like they know you. Well, because you have that relationship with them, they're a little bit interested in what the rest of your life is like, and that's where we fit that stuff in, which makes people, I think, again, less likely to fast forward through the ads. We'll have to let Will Arnett know. It's game on. Challenge accepted. Yeah, I, gotta, I gotta do my Will Arnett impression. <laughs> we need like some improv classes to get on that level, I think, but... When you're using the product, um, do you sometimes note to yourself, like, oh, this would be a great story for me. I'm just going to earmark that for the next time. Or do you, when you literally, like, are you thinking about this throughout the week? Or when you show up to do the ad, you're just like, eh, do a quick scan in my brain. Well, it is a big part of your day. Like, I think, for instance, like, since we've started it, I was, like, down in Costa Rica surfing and then learning tennis and all these other things where... Like, it, it's like coffee, like in a Twin Peaks episode at a certain point. It's like, it's this thing that actually becomes like when you take it, when you don't, how much of it you take, actually becomes relevant to your day. It's something you do every day. So you actually really do think about it. Like the other day, we did the ad read where I was talking about how I put it, I've been trying to cut back on drinking alcohol. So I was putting Athletic Greens AG1 in my wine glass at night. And I got a ton of comments about that. Some people were just like, you know, incredulous about it, and some people were like, "Oh, I'm going to try that." So there's like <laughs> these things; these things do show up in real life. Well, likewise, uh, a lot of listeners will like come into like direct messages to me on Instagram to let me know what, like, how they how they drink AG1, and it'll be like some very creative stuff, you know. And there'll be some, sometimes I'm like, I'm not going to try that, um, but it'll be. 
I think people kind of get in on that and they feel a part of it. So I don't remember the ad we cut. Do you remember this? I went. I don't know if you guys get mad at me for mentioning this. Where I said I fed it to the dog, and then we cut the ad. <laughs> we're like, we're gonna take that. Because well, you were dog sitting. I was dog sitting. And you yeah. were like, the dog's doing great. Uh, <laughs> and then but then I that. think, like in an unrelated way, like sometime later the dog died or something. I don't... It did. This is not an advertisement for AG1. <laughs> Unrelated. It got hit by a car or something. It was Unrelated. A... It was a tragic story I won't yeah. mention. But actually, I, I, I want to do a true crime podcast about what happened to that dog. <laughs> it's all a true story. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of my stories don't come, I don't like bank them. It's just, I, sometimes I'm just able to talk about who in my life has finally started drinking AG1. And then it's sort of a story of how that happened. So. Uh, the other thing I think that really works that we've started doing lately is, we're now, we've been doing this long enough, we have, we, so we do the ads at the end of, like after we've recorded the show, um, which as we go to more live stuff, we may have to do, do differently, but we, we usually record the episode, then we go back and record the ads, and because we've got a better sense for where the ads are placed in the show now, we can drop in humorous, hopefully humorous, references to what we've already talked about up to that point in the show, which again gives it more continuity and just gives people a reason not to fast forward past it, you know? Which is what we were talking about earlier today um, on a different panel about how the listener experience is really the North Star, right? So if they're listening to an ad that's just completely jarring and out of context, they're more likely to fast forward. But you guys do a really good job of being able to incorporate the content of the show into the ads on a weekly basis, on a, on a new sh political chat show, right? So it's... It's, I think you guys do it well. Well, it's something like when I listen to other shows, it does, I do find it annoying when, like there's some shows where I'll listen every week and I do find it annoying when I can tell they recorded an ad one time and they're gonna play it over and over at me. And I'm like, it just, I'm like, ah, that's like watching Funny, TV. I just noticed that on a podcast I won't mention today. Uh, I noticed the exact wording on, on right. something that had been repeated. And yeah. it irritates me. And that, that's why I like putting in the new stuff and I like referencing stuff from the episode because it's like, it's like if you're a hostage, it's like a proof of life photo where you're holding up like that day's newspaper, you know? Just to show like, look, listener, we respect you enough that we, yes, we've done a lot of Athletic Greens ads, but we, we did a new one for you uh, and, and for you, obviously. Uh, it's this level of thought and detail and, and commitment to making the partnership really strong. Yeah. When, when you think about you know, the, the, the placement within the content and where it will be the most suitable, um, that, that you know, this is why it, this, we're on year, year two of this, of, of you know, running every week, is because, it, as you mentioned, not you know, everyone is, is, this, is this level of, of granularity when it comes to um, you know, setting everything up for success and making sure that the listener is kept in mind throughout the entire process. So how does Athletic Greens measure success? Can you kind of give broad strokes of, um, you know, when, how do you determine that a show is worth investing in? And are there any benchmarks ever where you're like, we should kind of call it quits now? Or, you know, maybe a show isn't even performing as well, but there's a gut feeling that, like, no, we just need to kind of stick it through. Like, there's... Uh, tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah, so there's a very thorough vetting process, and the critical component that um, we use as our main focus is 
um, you know, we want to send the host product and make sure that it becomes a part of their lifestyle, that they really love it, that they have time to, to try it out and make it part of their daily routine and really integrate it into their morning. And um, that's, you know, when, when we start there, we know we already have a really strong foundation. We'll move into a uh, thorough um, creative briefing and onboarding and product education and make sure that the creators feel really well equipped to talk about the product from a place of knowledge and also from a place where they can take the copy that we provide and really make sure that it feels true to them and in their own voice. We'll start off with um, a couple of episodes as, as an initial testing campaign and from there we need to have some sense that the brand is resonating with the audience through conversions and web traffic, but you know, we take into a lot of consideration the creative and make sure that you know, we have a, a really strong read and even optimize to give creative feedback within that testing process so we're setting the show up for a potential renewal. You know, our goal is always to build long-term partnerships, so we're rooting everything on and want to make sure that we're pulling every lever even within those initial couple episodes and there's a really kind of open line of communication with um, us and with the network and, and that's being delivered to the host so that um, you know, we're setting everything up to run a couple episodes, see a signal, and then run for as long as we possibly can. Robbie, when we were chatting earlier, you mentioned a really good point um, about hearing an ad for a, a, a brand in which two different shows, it was the same product, but you actually were unsure about what they were actually trying to sell. And it was, it was almost like two different reads, two different brands. Yeah, the, and I think this... Sometimes there are just new products out there that are just confusing. <laughs> and I think like this was an example of that where I was listening to one sports podcast and another political one, and it really did sound like two different things. And yeah, I think that that's like a challenge. Like I think every now and then we get an email where we're like, what is this thing exactly? And you know, that, that's always tricky. Obviously, this is a very simple product in a, in a good way. Like you can explain it really easily. And, and sometimes the more complicated the product, especially when it comes to financial products, you're not sure whether you should say yes to it, both because you haven't used it, and sometimes these are really new, but you're also not sure if it's good for the audience, right? You're like, well, wait, is it, wait a minute, is this like some kind of predatory lending thing or something? And th I, so I, those I find to be the trickiest ones to navigate, you know? Yeah, and the other side of that is like, with what Athletic Greens has done from the beginning is, because you get some advertisers where like, they send the copy and they're like, this is what you will say. And, and, and don't say anything else. And then you, and sometimes you read it and you're like, this isn't very good. And they're like, but this is what they want. And then, and then sometimes I want you to say the exact same thing over and over again. What I do really appreciate, and I guess it goes to the, the partnership aspect of it, is, is Athletic Greens, pretty much from the beginning, I think it's just kind of been like, well, you all just talk about it. You know? And then there's like the call to action at the end where you explain how to get it. That's usually the same. Um, and the scientific part where we explain what's in it, which I couldn't do off the top of my head, so I read that. But other than that, it, they really do just give us the freedom to make it fun, which I think makes people way more likely to be invested. Yeah, I think what we were talking about this earlier, what people are worried about when they write this copy and say, don't deviate from it, is that there are some podcasts that will make fun of the product. And I've been in this situation because placing ads for a media company for shows, like sometimes you place it on a show and sometimes people, like especially when you're doing show ad placement, 
sometimes you're placing on people who could be competitors. So you got to be really like concerned about, all right, that's where the test ads come in. Like, all right, let's hear you do it once. Because sometimes I've had, you know, I was telling you there's one political show that did an ad for one of our shows that was like super mocking because they viewed it as a as like a com competition to them. And then the other one was like, could have also viewed it as competition, but instead was like, oh, this is ideologically aligned to me, so I'm gonna be really excited about it. And you can't really tell sometimes when you're sending an ad. I think also when it comes to crafting copy and giving you guys so much creative liberty, on the flip side, when you're given something that you need to, to read kind of word for word, not only might not the script be good, um, it might not make sense, but more importantly, maybe you're like, this doesn't sound like me. And that's why, you know, listeners come to your show every week and it, it, it needs to sound like you. It needs to be in your own voice. It needs to sound like, you know, something that would, that would come from you and that you really believe in. So that's why it's so important for us is because we developed this partnership because we trust you guys and we know that you know your audience and, and how they, you know, like to, to hear from you. Yeah, and it lowers the stakes, I think, if you're reading it pretty much every week. Like the one dog ad read is, is less high stakes if you're just yeah. trying stuff out versus, all right, this is the three ads we have for this one company. You almost have to litigate every word, you know? This is my, like I'm advocating for more freedom, I yeah. guess, to talk about <laughs> random experiments with AG1. <laughs> I mean, I think that's important as a host, right? Is to be able to have the creative freedom and flexibility to be able to, to be yourself, to insert your personality into these ads, because that's what actually is going to push product. That's what people are going to listen to, and they're, they're going to be more engaged with what you're trying to, to sell. Um, so Margot, you kind of touched on this earlier, but I was just a little curious if you approach success of partnerships differently with like a test versus long-term partnerships because as we mentioned AG1 has been a great partner with us for at least like a few years now so do you look do, do your strategies evolve over time um, and are they different or is it really just kind of similar benchmarks I think that because our goal is building these long-term partnerships we do want to be reasonably generous when it comes to these initial testing campaigns. Also, um, we know that campaigns historically, you know, prove, um, improve over time. So um, that time's on your side, you know, that, that helps out because we have this increased exposure, we have this reinforcement, and when a brand is, you know, shows up week after week for a couple of years, there's that connectivity of the listener and the listener knowing that there's a brand that has supported their favorite creator's content for a long period of time. This is a brand that believes in them. This is a brand that supports them um, and, and helps them deliver the content that they look forward to every week. So I think that, you know, time is only helpful and um, also kind of creates that favorability and um, that, you know, increased commitment when it comes to, you know, the listener feeling like the brand is really aligned and really supporting the creator in, in their efforts. I'm really glad you said time because I think a lot of times with a lot of performance-based uh, ads and, and advertising, right, it's just about the numbers and that's it. And like, we don't hit this threshold, we're done. But in order to be able to gain trust and gain 
um, like more brand affinity with the audience, you kind of need to have develop that relationship over time. So I love that you said that because I think it's also helpful for brands out there to also understand that sometimes it takes a little bit more time to develop the relationship with the audience rather than just looking at the numbers and then calling it a day. And we are finding just generally across the board with brands that they are looking to to develop that kind of relationship with the audience rather than sole like threshold numbers and and calling it quits too early. I think this is also where the relationship between the brand and the network come into play. And you and I can have really transparent conversations and we can say, you know, let's be collaborative about this. How can we make this work? Um, you know, if our goal is to build long-term partnerships, everybody involved needs to be benefiting and needs to be succeeding. And so when we can have those really tra transparent and kind of workshopped conversation, let's creatively problem solve this. That's when it can be really helpful and those are really critical in, in you know, making, making things last. Also very true, yeah, it's, it's important to get in front of these types of conversations, especially when you're talking about, you know, download numbers week in and week out. It, it's, I think sometimes some networks might want to, to skirt that and, and hopefully they won't get found out or whatever it is, but transparency is obviously always the best way and we've been able to, to build a trusting relationship over time. Um, so I think that's also really important to not be scared to have these conversations with sponsors and advertisers. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, Jason and Robbie, do you approach ads sometimes, and maybe you don't, but do you approach ads as a listener? Like, okay, let's, these students mentioned SmartList, they do a really good job. You also said, you know, we're challenge accepted, we're going to come after you, Will Arnett, but um, do you approach it as, as a listener, this is the kind of content that I want to listen to? Totally, I mean, and there's also an interface issue, like there are certain podcast networks I would think like, you know, you and I are a big fan of The Ringer. If you listen to The Ringer on Spotify, the ads show up almost like, like YouTube ads. They come up, you, it actually changes the art. It's read differently. Sometimes they're just the same ones that they insert in. You just fast forward those versus, and so I think that's a unique challenge. I know there's like a technical reason why they do that because then they could then insert ads later on, which I know is a big thing, like selling ads for back episodes. Like you'll hear Bill Simmons, for example, be like, all right, let's take a break. And then sometimes there isn't an ad right away, and then they'll put them in later. I know the business reason for that, but I just know as a listener, I would never sit there and listen to that ad, even though I love those shows, right? Versus um, these shows where, like, you can just tell it's part of the, the, like, it's that week, it's part of their, like, their whole, like, package of, like, how they entertain, they... It's as funny, to me the ads are as funny on some of these shows or as engaging as the regular content. And that's the goal. Like when I think about it as a listener, that's what I want us to be. Yeah, I think, when I think about it as a listener, it's two things. One, frequently ad copy will, it'll have a bunch of stuff that they want you to say and then just before the call to action is where it'll say, you know, this is where we want you to do your personal experience with it. And I never, like we never do it there. We always do it at the top of the read because we figure if the first thing you hear is us, like when, when I'm listening to another show and they go right into ad copy, I'm like, okay, we're in ads. Whereas they can go right into an ad and I can know we're in an ad, 
but they're saying something interesting and off the cuff, I'll hang around, you know? And so, so that's one thing. The other thing, um, and which I, I got mostly from other shows and we've taken in is um, the, there's sort of a cast of characters a little bit on our show, like a lot of it. There's obviously the two of us. There's, um, you know, our producers, especially Grace, who's on air every fourth show or whatever. She joins us on air uh, for the whole episode. And then there's, you know, a few people who are like um, either characters on the show in the sense that we talk about them, like Ravi's mom, Ravi's brother, uh, you know, my, my kids, my wife, that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's some people who've just been on the show as guests a few times. One way or another, the ads are kind of also a place where I think we will fit in sort of like little narratives about those people. Um, and then like a good example of that is uh, like a few weeks ago, uh, I, I had to leave early before we could record the ads. I don't remember what I was doing, but I had to run. And so Grace, our producer, who normally doesn't do the ad reads, did it with Ravi and it, for fun, they like I think she like we did it twice like one time she played me and the other time she played you and so you know just a reason for people to be like I'm not going to skip the ad it could be it could be creative and funny one of the things that I think has made this partnership so strong is the ad is so endemic to the audio environment of your content and it it feels so consistent to the current of your show. And even one thing that I wish kind of more people would, would know is having you both present on the ad or having you know, one of you and Grace present on the ad is, is so successful because it's not taking you out of the experience. You could easily say, I'll take this week and you take next week. But even having you both present, both of your dynamic insight into your, both of your individual experiences with the product is, is so valuable when it comes to, you know, a really robust read. Yeah, that's a good point. It's got to sound like the rest of the show. Yeah. I actually think now I'm thinking about it, we mentioned Athletic Greens before we even had them as advertisers. Remember we used to do like the, We were like openly like Yeah, we broke the rule of yeah. like not mentioning a product. I know these, a lot of these people are like, I'm not going to mention a product unless you yeah. pay for it. I heard Bill Maher say that the other day. Yeah. Uh, and I think like you just kind of say what you like. Hopefully people, you know, come yeah. around, you know? Yeah, no, I think we were openly like, we would like them to sponsor this show. We professed show. our love on air. Yeah. That's how we find a lot of our new opportunities is people mentioning organically in, in your content and being a fan. So if you're a creator out there. I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just more free advertising. Maybe we'll hear you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we have just under five minutes and I wanted to open the floor to see if there were any questions. Hi, thank you guys for your time. Um, just a quick question. So I'm not really sure we touched too much on how to actually secure a sponsor. And um, like, how are you choosing who you partner with? What, what are your parameters? I know you touched on, you know, they're already a fan of Athletic Greens, but obviously you need to find those people somehow. So where are they coming from? Are you actively searching for them? Are you going through a network to find them? Are you going to individual podcasters? Do they need a minimum number of downloads? That kind of thing. Yeah, we are extremely flexible when it comes to kind of what we're looking for. As I mentioned, this kind of host support of the product is really essential. Um, we are kind of sourcing independently when it comes to shows. Also, you know, Sarah and I have 
really kind of frequent conversations where I'd be like, what's, you know, what's new at Wonder? What do you guys have on the books? And let's talk about how we can potentially seed product with them and get them excited about working with AG1. Um, you know, even uh, Jason and Ravi have talked about other podcasts that they've become friends with. And, um, you know, we, tr we trust them and have a lot of faith in them. So it's kind of these you know, interconnectivities as far as um, the relationships that we've built and people that we really trust in the space, as well as kind of independently and even more targetedly um, outsourcing and researching and seeing, you know, this could be a fit, let's have a conversation, let's talk to you about our product. And, um, you know, finding, finding really strong people who are excited about making a warm introduction to AG1 and foundational nutrition and um, we're able to really find kind of a diverse suite of creators that, that we have the potential to work with. And from the publisher side, we do a lot of our own research and outreach as well. So we're constantly getting in front of agencies, we're constantly doing cold outreach to brands, or we might hear a sponsor on another show in which we know the audience is similar, we'll, we'll outreach to them. Sometimes we find like a general email and we hope that we'll hear back, or sometimes we'll be able to navigate our way into a personal, um, or to, to an actual email address. So it's, it's a lot of us trying to be proactive and chase after the brands that we know we want to be on the show. And specifically for Wonder Media Network, because we are a mission-driven network, you know, we want to make sure that we're working with sponsors who are mission aligned. And that's really important for us so we're not just accepting anybody um, as sponsors. Can I, a suggestion for like, if you're trying to figure out how to go about choosing the right sponsors, one of the things that we've done is we will periodically do surveys of our audience and we'll encourage them to go fill them out. And it'll have a lot of stuff about the content of the show, which segments you like, which you don't, but it will also have questions about what what sort of products you've heard on the show that you remember that you, you've gone to, which helps us, I think, figure out, oh, well, what are the products that our audience is actually interested in so that we know which to go after and we're armed with that information. When I say we, I mean not me and Ravi, smart people who work at Wonder, but we do say, hey, please go fill out the survey. That's our role in it. I think we have time for one more quick question and then we can you know, come up to us afterwards. Um, from Margot, I've had um, sponsors in the past where I get bored of doing the, the same because I feel like the audience is getting bored that I'm not mixing it up enough. And so I've always enjoyed that the guest, like I had a guitar sponsor, and so the guest was a music artist who uses that guitar, and we would just organically have that be part of our conversations, like that's your ad for this episode, or you know, microphone company, stuff like that. So I wonder, as a brand, are you just as happy if the guest is talking about it because you know that they're a qualified user or are you just really married to, look, we've contracted with the host, we want the host doing the read and not the guest? That's a great question. I think we always advise our hosts to approach the ad like they're having a conversation with a friend about a product that they really love. So if we have a friend and they're able to have a conversation about a product that they love, that's gold. So I think that's really valuable. It helps things, you know, a, a lot of people aren't, you know, hosts aren't used to doing ads. And their, you know, real strong suit is the creative of their content. So when they can kind of ease into it with someone that they feel comfortable with and somebody that can kind of riff back at them, um, that can be hu hugely valuable for, for a read as well. I think we're wrapped up now. Yeah. The, the, the timer is blinking at us. 
So um, we will be here. I know, Ravi, you have a plane to catch. So thank you again for gracing us with your presence. But we will be here after for any questions. Thank you. Thank you.